Hello and welcome to the Feminine Genius Podcast. This is a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. A beautiful thing and honestly one of my favorite things in the whole world to be able to witness two people and their love for each other through their actions words and family life is truly special and in this episode of the feminine genius I got to talk to Camille Mendoza about just that I had the privilege to witness the wedding of Camille and her husband Mike back in July of 2019 And in our conversation, we reminisce about their wedding, the beauty and importance of a Christ-centered marriage, and how marriage is so much more than a big party for two people. It's a lifelong vocation. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. I wanted to start by asking if you wouldn't mind introducing yourself and maybe sharing a little bit about what you do now. My name is Camille Mendoza. I have to get used to saying that because I still say like right guys in my head. But I'm <laughs> yeah. Camille Mendoza. I am a wife, a daughter, a daughter of God. In terms of work, Mike and I do a lot of work online and then in terms of during the day, I do just some marketing stuff for mm-hmm. an accounting firm downtown here. So, like I was mentioning to you just before we got started, I'm really thankful that we're able to chat today. But also, I'm just really thankful for uh, just our friendship. Camille and I had met through uh, communication at SFU, and mm-hmm. we actually took two <laughs> classes together. But I know that just, I think in terms of like knowing of each other, like I've known you ever since... We were in high High school school. because you were a year ahead of me and I know that you'd gone to St. Matthew's and whatnot. So this is really special for me just to be able to sit down with you as it always is. I was wondering if you could share a little bit of your faith journey and just how you've seen yourself grow over time to be the person that you are today. Well, I've been a cradle Catholic (laughs) ever since I was born. I can remember those little times when I was maybe two, three years old and Um, It was always a priority for my parents and us to pray together as a family. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting being able to transition into married life and to be able to do that as a couple in the evening nowadays. But that's, I guess, my earliest memories of faith. And and, um, my parents have been members of a community for as long as I can remember as well. Different communities where they've been able to be around like-minded people to help I guess, just sharpen them as they grow in their own journeys. I think the spark for me happened in grade seven, as with most people, mm-hmm. um, during confirmation, when you go to your retreat and it's like your your life just flashed before your eyes and you're like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like I just need to overhaul everything and just be a better person. Mm-hmm. And I think deep down inside, we're all good. So we know that, but it was just at some point in grade seven when you can kind of think more for yourself and and make certain decisions that can really alter what path your life 
goes. Like your decisions mm-hmm. create where you are today, right? So that was this, the start of many things. I started serving at that time. I joined a lot of different communities. Mm-hmm. I was also a part of CCO as I was in SFU and I was a part of CSC Youth for a long time when it was called YFC. <laughs> and then today, it's interesting because faith is really the lens that we look everything we as in like Mike and I because I think when you have those conversations you like to share that with your best friend and so as we approach anything and everything we we look at it through that lens and Mm -hmm. then from that we're able to just reevaluate what we're currently doing where we're going and and it's great because you're never at a point where it feels stagnant mm-hmm. which those times are also good too because then they're they're good points of stopping and pausing and and reflecting but from that point on like you're not just dwelling in that comfortability and you you're wanting to figure out what what the next step is where is God calling us to be at this point right now but yeah I think the biggest thing has been the people who we've chosen to surround ourselves mm-hmm. with because with that, association is everything. They shape how you think. Um, and you can educate yourself as much about certain things. But either way, like if you don't really choose to monitor who's around you on a daily basis, who you spend your time with, your thoughts just get influenced by that. Mm-hmm. And so being able to just immerse yourself in books or different podcasts or different people and just have conversations like this right. is great. So yeah. I'm so thankful that you've decided to pursue this podcast and put it out because it's able to do that for more people and be that source of input thank you long-winded answer (laughs) no no all good and I wanted to say to you just because you had briefly mentioned Mike and whatnot and and just to provide some context for listeners um, especially those who may not know you or may not have the privilege to know you so Camille and Mike just got married um, at the time of recording this what would you say? How long have you guys been married for? Like two months. Oh. End of July. <laughs> but but I wanted to say, like, first and foremost, congratulations. And I was wondering if you could reflect on um, just, like, life before marriage. And now that, you know, we, like, you had this beautiful reflection just now about how Christ is that lens that you probably, you know, as a single person, you would approach life with and mm-hmm. through that lens of Christ. But now... It's this extra obligation, but I'm sure through love, it's it doesn't feel like a chore or whatnot, but it's something that together, because Christ has unified you both, you are using Christ as that lens to encounter your faith and go through life's decisions together. And I was wondering if you could just share a little bit about that, what yeah. life was like, you know, prior to marriage and now that you're in this beautiful vocation. Oh yeah, it's it's all kind of hitting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like it, a lot of change happened in a fairly short amount of time, but at the same time we also mentally, emotionally, spiritually have been preparing for it for a while. Mm-hmm. Um and so because of that, it's almost like the first couple of questions that we got after marriage we were always, how is it? Was it everything you expected it to be? Oh, the first year is the hardest. That's when you figure out that one person likes to squeeze their toothpaste in a certain way and the other person likes to <laughs> like do things properly or whatever. Mm. But we're both very chill <laughs> in the house. And so yeah. we don't really, I guess we never really had arguments about how things should be done in one way or another. But in the grand scheme of things, I don't know. As a single person, 
I I really wasn't looking for a relationship at that time. And I know mm. that, like, anyone who says that, you're always like, oh, like <laughs> stop. Like, how do you not have something like that go on in the back of your head? But I think where I was in my life was a very... It was very much a growth period for me. Mm. So I was into just discovering who I was, what my values are, where I want to go and what I want to do with my life and how I want to give back and why are certain talents given to me by God? Why are certain gifts given to me by God? And I was in a place of exploring that and still am, probably Mm -hmm. always will. But I was just so deeply focused on that that when Mike came along, like, it also wasn't much of a transition to go from um, being singles to being in a relationship. Mm -hmm. Um, But as we got into a relationship, we started to see all of our commonalities, common interests and values and share between each other what our dreams were Mm -hmm. for becoming a family, how you would raise your children or what you wanted to, to give back in terms of fruits Mm. as a couple. And so it's interesting because we have, we're surrounded by such a wide variety of people in our mm-hmm. lives. I feel like there, we have a lot of friends that are maybe five, ten years younger and a lot that are maybe five, ten years older. And we were having a conversation with two of our closest friends and they were just saying, like, so do you, like, do you guys have plans to get married at any point? When When is that going to happen? And most people will, will usually give the answer, like, uh, maybe in like one or two years where they're throwing it out there, but they're not actively planning for it. And it's kind of like a financial issue that sets people back. That couple, friend of ours, just explained to us that this is a sacrament. Like, mm. This is not something business as usual where you want to figure out your finances and make sure that you have the absolute perfect life situation before you make a decision that is your vocation like this is how you're going to live your life and this is how you're going to serve other people and so once you make that decision you figure it out from there and you Mm -hmm. do that together it's not necessarily a thing where everything has to be picture perfect Um, and sometimes we get like the wrong message that that needs to be the case especially living in Vancouver where everything is so expensive and Mm -hmm. yeah you have to I don't know you you figure out how to make things work and we received the exact same message when we sat down with Father Giovanni he was telling us like yeah more young people should get married because what's really holding you back like there's so much that you can give and so now as we transition into that we are going through a lot of learning for example my time is no longer my time so even scheduling this meeting with you was a matter of running that through Mike because our time outside of work or certain like expected obligations throughout the day is our time and so we we kind of have to divide that like who is heading the overall finances who's making the final decision of course the other person can give as much input as possible to provide perspective and to help us as a team make the best possible decision for us Mm -hmm. but one person will eventually have to choose what's best when it comes to this area, it's, it's mm-hmm. like a concept of like leading and yielding. One person is leading, one person is yielding. So Mike's in charge of our calendar now. And it's weird because I'm like, oh, I can't just like go back to back. And I'm like <laughs> the kind of person to just like packed schedule, like super tight. But yeah. it's interesting and it's refreshing. Mm-hmm. And overall, like it's just 
nice because it's um like you're sacrificing but you know it's for for good right. and yeah like I think each week we sit down on Sundays and we do kind of like a reflection of our week what mm. do we want to change what do we want to add during those meetings we call them meetings because um, we treat them with the the same level of seriousness mm. as a meeting like you don't want to reschedule that we want to figure out going forward what fruits we want to give back into the community because when you become one of course there are fruits like children that are to come into the picture but there are also so many more things that you can do when you are united because you now have both God working through you um, in unity as well as your feminine genius and also a masculine genius that Mm -hmm. comes into play and it's like you're adding everything like I don't know how to explain it, but it's beautiful in the same way that the Trinity is a mystery. Mm. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that's wonderful, yeah. I think, too, just the one thing that I think really struck me just from hearing you talk about marriage and how, um, like we were mentioning earlier, you're both a team and you're both united through Christ. And I think one of the biggest things, too, is remembering that marriage isn't just marriage because I think in our secular society the way that media and pop culture portray weddings is that you know like we have shows like Say Yes to the Dress or Mm -hmm. you know stuff like that where it's a wedding (laughs) it's a wedding it's a huge party which it should be like it is a celebration but ultimately I think as Catholics one of the more beautiful things about that is that it's not just a one-day thing but it's a lifelong thing it's a vocation and it's a sacrament and it should be treated with sacredness and remembering that it is such a holy thing Mm -hmm. and I think that like I, I really appreciate just the way that you have approached it and I was wondering what have been some of the maybe the biggest learning curves that have come with just approaching marriage in this way and what have been some of the really big blessings that have come out from really treating it with that respect? Because I'm sure that even within maybe like family and friends, there can be so many different voices that come into play when it Mm -hmm. comes to planning your wedding and getting ready for ultimately marriage. But I'll let you speak to that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of, (laughs) a lot of things that we've learned along the way and a lot of, a lot of things that we're still learning. Mm -hmm. One of the biggest things was, as you were saying, um, many people have opinions when it comes to planning a wedding. For us, we set a budget out at the very beginning, mm-hmm. and we also set a vision. So how we approached it was basically, this is an event where we will be able to, of course, like make our vows to mm-hmm. each other and to God. Mm-hmm. But this is also an opportunity where all of our closest family and friends are all together and we have a great chance here to tell a story and Mm -hmm. to point it back to the reason why we're all here in the first place because you're right a lot of the times it's about the flowers it's about the dress it's about open bar yeah open bar (laughs) the hashtag yeah Yeah, exactly and it's it's it very easily gets swept away in that and there were even times where we're like, oh, should we do this or should we do that? And I think my aunt wanted me to have member of each family be represented in my bridal party. I'm like, I have eight bridesmaids and groomsmen. I can't have like 18. Mm. Or I don't know. I don't know what was such a big deal about 
having a pillow, but like the particular pillow that we chose had to be important. My mom was really against wanting to borrow a pillow because we ended up borrowing the pillow that we used from a friend of ours who got married mm. as opposed to just buying our own pillow. And this is um, for rings? For rings. Okay. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Because she was saying that this is this is a once in a lifetime thing. Like you only get married once. You want to keep that as a remembrance, like a souvenir from mm. your wedding. But for us, what we wanted to put that budget into and put our time into is making it a space where everyone can come together um, and we can have the opportunity to share that, which is why we we had very spontaneous speeches when we were up there and we wanted everything to point back. So when it came to the decor, we chose things that were very simple mm-hmm. and very budget friendly. I think all of those vases that we got were like a, like $20 from Facebook Marketplace mm-hmm. for 80 vases. Wow. And um, everything was very simple, but everything had a message because it's an opportunity to be able to share your story. So that's how we approached it. Mm-hmm. And when it came to like the froofy things, we tried to lessen that as much as we could. Like my wedding dress was actually two used dresses that I found. Um, and then I worked with one of my friends, Ayesha. She designs dresses to just put it together wow. into this, I don't know, what I had envisioned it to be. Yeah. Yeah, it was everything that we would have wanted and more because we we weren't really made aware of anything wrong that happened during that day, nor did we care if anything wrong exactly. happened that day. It was kind of just, this is our day to celebrate our love and God's love for us, mm-hmm. um, for bringing us together. And it just, it makes me cry thinking about it because I just reflect back on all the goodness that he's given to us in our lives so far. Yeah. Um, and I can't even imagine like how much more a lifetime yeah. would bring. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's very touching. And, and I really, what I will say is like, you know, just in terms of the whole, like, you, I love how you use the word froofy. But it's just like, I can confirm um, just being one of the many guests that were there, it was a beautiful wedding. I, I think I talked to a number of people who were there where it's just like design-wise, uh, I would not have expected anything less from either you or Mike. Concrete just, blocks? Just, well, yeah. no, it's just like, it was so aesthetically pleasing. So I was just like, this is so Mike and Camille, you know? But I think, like you were saying, like when it came to the speeches and just what I love that you mentioned was how ultimately the story that you told, everything points back to God. I've been to a lot of weddings this this summer, which has been such a blessing because I think at some point there's always this message where it comes back to like, you know, our weddings, our marriages, I should say, whenever we see marriages, whenever we see husbands and wives, it shouldn't just be like a representation of them, but ultimately it's the, the manifestation of God's love exactly. made like may incarnate like right here on earth. And that's just so beautiful. And um, I really appreciate the fact that like, you know, you had that vision and, and I wanted to ask in terms of, you know, for people who might be listening to this, men or women who are caught up in, maybe not, they're not at that marriage stage yet, but in terms of like relationships and finding their worth and whatnot, like, especially in this day and age, it's such a, I feel like it is a very challenging thing, mm-hmm. um, especially maybe even more so for Catholics and for Christians who are trying to find the right way or the quote-unquote right way to go about having a relationship that glorifies God. Because 
kind of like with wedding planning, even at the early stages of having a relationship, there can be so many external voices. There's the media, there's pop culture. Yep. Like, what advice do you have when it comes to being in a relationship that is Christ-centered, it's grounded, and it's holy, and it works towards the ultimate end goal of, you know, it's a sacrament, it's a vocation. We work on it. (laughs) And we always have to remind each other of that, and we always have to remind each other that we're a team. Like, even when you want to battle the other person, it's like, no, we're a team when it comes down to the end of things. Uh, You know what I was saying earlier about how in that time of singleness, like that was a very special time for me because that was a time when I learned a lot about myself, a lot about non-negotiables that I had um, in my life, a lot about what I wanted to share, contribute with others and how I wanted to serve, how I wanted to spend an entire lifetime serving. Mm -hmm. I think um, one of my biggest takeaways during that period was to be able to figure out your mission like I'm not going to say your life's calling or your life's work because Mm -hmm. I think that could change yeah but figure out something that'll pull you something that'll drive you something that makes sense like oh wow like this is the reason why God gave me these gifts this is Mm. the reason why God gave me the talents that I have like for you being able to be relational being able Mm -hmm. to start up this podcast and Mm. interview many different ladies Mm -hmm. who are able to share about their perspective and be able to pass that out to whoever Mm -hmm. is listening out there. That's, that's so powerful. And that's so you, which (laughs) is awesome. Like it just reflects back to God. Mm -hmm. It reflects back on his love for you Mm -hmm. as a very um, unique individual person who has a specific set of Mm -hmm. gifts and talents. And the reason why we have some things and not others is so we can use them. And so we Mm -hmm. can be in communion with everybody else and and be able to share what we have and receive what we don't have and be able to just appreciate how different we all are, but how it all works to be one. Mm -hmm. Um, But figure out what that is about you, like what you love about yourself, what you want to keep doing, what you want to keep giving. Mm. And I think once you've got that down packed and you're running towards it, like you don't even think about that stuff. And sooner or later, I think, Mike just caught on to that vision and always had a similar vision for himself. He might not have been able to have verbalized it at the time, but he knew it like deep down and I can like I could see it in him and how he treated me, how he treated other people and how he also had such a drive to serve and to sit down with people. Like when he was going to school, he wanted to become a counselor mm-hmm. because he wanted to sit down and help people work through the issues that they have yeah. in their life. And so I think at some point, like, you're just running straight towards that and you don't realize that someone is running in that same direction right beside you at at the same speed or they could be, like, pushing you to, like, Mm. be better or you could be helping encourage them. Mm. And it's a team in that sense. And so that was so valuable Mm. to me because, yes, we, we do have to try Um, We have to work at our relationship, Mm -hmm. but to have that fall into place wasn't me, like, searching for this person. It was, like, truly a gift that God Mm -hmm. gave to me, and it just fits because now, because we have that same mission and vision for ourselves, we can just help to encourage each other, and, like, Mm -hmm. when one is down, the other person cannot 
also be down. Like, no pity parties here because if one person was down, you now have the responsibility to bring the other person up and encourage each other in that Mm -hmm. team dynamic. Yeah. 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 Such wise words. Oh, my gosh. So good. Have you and Mike ever, and this is totally... This is still along the podcast. I was just wondering if you guys had considered, you know, just being coaches for other people. You know, just because I I see that in both of you. And listeners, if it hasn't been made apparent, you need to scope these two out. But but (laughs) seriously, I should be transparent and say that, like, like I was mentioning to you earlier, there are a lot of things that I wanted to talk to you about. But I think first and foremost, at the top of my list of topics was really... Um, just drive that you both have you both and like I love that you use the words mission and vision it was just something that like just <laughs> kind of flew through my mind I was like you know what? you guys would be excellent life coaches and just being able you to mentor other people and yeah. so <laughs> yeah. mission and vision pops up very often like mm-hmm. if you if you think about books like start with why yes yeah. you want to have a reason mm-hmm. and that reason will be your drive like if you're always if you're always thinking about the what you're always thinking about what am I going to do? What should I do with my life? What should I be when I grow up? Kind mm. of thing. I don't know. Like it just feels empty. Yeah. Because you don't know why you're doing it. Mm. And so once you figure out a why that resonates with you, then you can work backwards from that and see what hows and what what's fit. Yeah. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. I think just to tie all of this together, uh, we were touching on it a little bit, and I love that you brought up, like, you know, feminine genius as well as masculine genius. But I think through it all, um, just from the time that you really got into your faith, through the time that you were in a relationship and now being a wife, and God willing, like, one day being a mother, how have you seen your feminine genius grow through all of this? Hmm. I've seen it grow in... I'm just reflecting on it right now, but I think... A lot of the times our culture has a skewed view of femininity. Mm -hmm. It's almost like we have to be this boss lady who um, steps on other people to be able to make it to the top. And with reason, because there's like the whole wage gap Mm -hmm. thing. And um, a lot of the times women are still discriminated against. But you don't have to harness some kind of masculine genius in order to be where you want to be. Mm -hmm. I think there's so much value in the feminine genius that that you already have. When it comes to being relational, when it comes to being emotional, like a lot of people associate being emotional as as though it's a negative thing. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you use that emotion and you add like the fire behind it and you you make it a reason Mm -hmm. why you want to do something or accomplish something, that emotion becomes powerful and you can touch other people with that. Like we can't do anything alone, but when we're able to impact more people and when we're able to have compassion and empathy and we're able to use those things to work together, Mm. that's so powerful. I think just in our household alone, Mike provides a different sense of security. It's like, When we are coming home at, like, 1 in the morning and, like, emptying the car and people are, like, walking through or something like that and you're just kind of like, oh, I feel safe because he's there. A lot of the times men often feel down or discouraged when they aren't able to 
maybe provide in the ways that they wanted to or protect in the ways that they wanted to. They're more fragile than they make themselves out to be. <laughs> yeah. And so as women, we have this strength in us to kind of like, you know, like the mama bear mode where you just take action when mm -hmm. something needs to happen, but you can do it in the most loving and encouraging way possible. Yeah. And it just fits. It's almost like God put certain things into us so that we can work together with the gifts that they have or like how they were wired. And you can do powerful things with that, which is why I'm so excited about like fruits. I always talk about fruits, but it's like, I don't even like fruits. Like, I don't even like fruits. <laughs> but like, <laughs> oh my gosh. But yeah, whenever I attend a wedding and I'm able to see people make those vows to each other, I just think to myself, like, wow, I'm so excited to see what fruits come out of that or mm. any vocation that, that anyone chooses to have where you decide to just give completely of yourself to the church or to your spouse and to your family. Like, mm. so much comes out of it. And it's God working mm -hmm. through, through those yeses, right? So, I think one, one final thing that I would love to close with is just, any words of advice that you have for women or even men, just anyone listening to this, any words of encouragement that you might just feel inspired to share with people right now? Because I know that you're always good for that. So. I am actually going to take it back to one of the first things that we were talking about, sure. which is just who you surround yourself with and what you put into your head <laughs> I know that we come from a communications background mm -hmm. and so today it's very easy to just stick your head into the screen or your phones or whatever messages are out there in the world um, and it's very easy to be down on yourself because of that mm -hmm. for us we limit that as much as possible we probably have a Netflix night like one night a week but aside from that we don't even have cable <laughs> so and it doesn't bother us we don't even think about it for us it's about guarding that because in order to be a healthy person, have a healthy mind, you have to monitor what comes in, garbage in, garbage out, good in, good out. And so if you're putting good things into your brain, good things come out of you. Mm. And it's, it's the same thing with who you surround yourself with. Like really, really evaluate. Not to say that you should cut anyone out, but just... Just be aware of the time that you're spending, who you're spending it with, and learn more about who you are. Like, just jump into that discovery season. It's such an exciting time to be able to do that. But yeah, we just we just make time to read, which is important. Like, I know not a lot of people enjoy it, but if you read, like, a chapter a day or 15 minutes a day, you can probably finish, like, a 15-chapter book in two weeks that's like two books a month that's 24 books a year that's pretty substantial if you look back at like five years worth of, of reading that's a lot that you have under your belt that you might not have had if you didn't pick it up for for mm -hmm. that one day yeah. or just never decided to pick it up right so mm -hmm. I would say that's the biggest thing and it helps us refine ourselves and get to learn more about God because how do you love someone more if you don't take the time to get to know them like if you were in a relationship with someone 
you would want to spend all the time in the world getting to know them, reading through like their old blog posts and like all the embarrassing <laughs> stuff that they put out there. It's the same thing with our relationship with God. I want to be able to learn as much as I can about Him and be able to apply it mm. and share it. So, yeah, I don't know if that's advice. I think I just rambled. <laughs> Camille, I really appreciate it. Thank appreciate you for your time. Me. for joining us on the Feminine Genius Podcast. It was such an honor to be able to sit down with her and share in her joy and witness. And of course, thanks to you for listening to the show. You can find the Feminine Genius Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. And you can follow us at FemGeniusPod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'll catch you next week, and may God bless you always.